You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. The fastest two-year-old of his crop, not this time. Giants Causeway's most brilliant two-year-old ever and a half-brother to Liam's map, sire of two grade one winners in his first crop. TDN said, too talented a horse with too good a pedigree to pass up. The time is now. Don't let this moment pass you by. Not this time, a tailor-made stallion. Not this time, full of run in the Iroquois. Look for his first two-year-olds this year. Welcome to the Horse Ownership Experience. I'm Billy Koch. I'm the founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. Alongside of me, as always, is the great, the talented, the back from vacation, Michelle Yu. Michelle, how was your little vacation? It was fun. We rented a little house in Palm Springs, like an Airbnb, and uh, had a little pool. We didn't want to do like the the hotel route because, you know, then you have to share your pool with like tons of dirty, nasty people. So, <laughs> Michelle, how <laughs> do you really pe- feel about people know, in the United right? States? Well, you know, I mean, it's just, right. like, okay, here's a great example. Yeah. Like we were at the pool like a week or two ago and there's like a kid and he's like 10, 11 years old and he's like, <sighs> And like Ugh. spitting on the side of the pool, I'm like, okay. Did you dude. just did you just hock a loogie on I the just, horse no, ownership I went, experience? <laughs> like pretended to, right. but like that's what he was doing. Like he was blowing snot rockets when he'd come up from the water, like out of the pool. But I'm like, no good. After we you know walked, what? I was so gross. People are out, already so. tuning out. This is I terrible. Know, sorry. We're not going to talk about this today. We have a very very weird. special guest. Let me just let me just preface this. I'm on Twitter the other day, or as I like to call it, the Twitter. Uh, Michelle doesn't like that. And I, I see this tweet from uh, one of my favorite broadcasters. His name's Steve Mason. He is uh, on the Mason and Ireland show on ESPN. He's a sports legend in Los Angeles. And he says, if anybody wants me to come on their podcast, reach out to me. He's like, I want to I wanna help. I want to, you know, I really like podcasting. I want to help. So I reached out to him. And he's coming on the show today. So cool. I know. And this was like one of ESPN's like largest, longest tenured shows forever, right? Oh, it's still on. Yeah, they do 12 to 3. They do 12 to 3 every day. John Ireland's the broad, also the broadcaster for the Lakers. Steve Mason, it, you know, he's been around in L.A. sports for years and years and years. They're, it's a great show. And he's going to come on, talk a little bit about his show. He's got a new podcast we're going to pitch. Uh, and he's going to – I wanted to talk to Steve about horse racing in mainstream media and attracting new fans. So we're going to get um, some of that insight from Steve Mason, which is really cool. So that's coming up. Um, let's now, we had some huge races, some big upsets over the weekend, Michelle. Uh, should we do our race recap first? Sure. Why All right, not? Let, let's do that. And okay, I know, you go, you know, let's go recent. Um, like let's go most recent, right? Like yeah. Clement Hurst yesterday. Yeah. What'd you think? Well, okay, so like. All right, well, let's talk about who won. Was... First of all, fighting mad okay, fighting for mad Gary and Mary West. Yeah. Um, the last week, Delmar, you could not win on the lead to save your life. Then Sunday and Saturday too, I guess. Kind of changed. Bit, it was completely different. Every single, I mean, you went to the lead, you were golden. You were I mean, they were rolling up front right. and and able to win. So it's funny uh, you said when... able to win. Get it? Ha ha ha! I like it. Well, Abel did a great job putting Fighting Man on the lead. Everyone else did a crappy job, not giving her any pressure whatsoever. And literally going down the backside, Abel was like, <laughs> Yeah, he was and probably like, very he, happy. He took a big old hold of her and gave her a great big breather. And everyone else was like, ooh, don't I touch thought, her. I thought Pratt aboard uh, Ollie's Candy would go up and put a little me more too. pressure on her. Because that filly's so game. Yes. 
And I think I thought I was a little disappointed. And she really ran another another unbelievable race for Ollie's Candy, who has just been so close this year and and has missed on several occasions, but still has ran. And she was she only got beat about a neck at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're right. I think it was a jockey's race, and it was interesting. You know, I spoke to Baffert the other morning, and we're going to get into some of his other big wins over the weekend. Um, and he said with with about Sedillo, he really has to give him instructions. He okay. says, I don't do it for a lot of people, but for Sedillo, for whatever reason, they work very well together. And he said, I got to tell him what to do. I said, and I saw him after the uh, the win yesterday. And I said, he said, I guess you talked to Abel. He goes, yeah, I didn't have to give him any instructions. I just said, go. Right. <laughs> but that Philly fighting mad, I mean, she has really turned into a nice Philly. I mean, this is a, now a two-time grade one winner. Well, here's the key with her is that she's undefeated routing. Yes. So they've tried to cut her back on several instances and it just hasn't worked out as well for her. Um, but anytime she has gone two turns, she's got that Baffert, you know, combination of devastating speed and the ability to, to hold. Yeah, I agree. Congratulations to the West. They've they've won some big races. Mm-hmm. Um, Ollie's candy. Disappointing uh, effort from Cece, I, fe- I felt, and uh, well, hard I not to love. I don't think that she really should have been a little bit closer. I mean, she was sitting there on the outside, and then I thought they should have made a little earlier move, and they didn't. Yeah. Um, Could have yeah, been. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Hard not to love. I don't. She was way far out of it. Yeah, I didn't. Anyway. I, I, I personally, handicapping wise, I thought it was a two horse race between the two horses. I actually ended up playing Ollie's Candy just from a value standpoint, right. and uh, I lost again as usual. Well, so, you know who I thought was intriguing on a handicapping standpoint, and I played was Dog Tag. Um, I really, you know, because I'll tell you what, she's always worked on the dirt really well. Oh, well, you like, were even wrong. When Chad had her. I know, I was totally wrong. Um, but I was like, you know, she might just be coming into herself right now and like putting her on the dirt. We saw last time, uh, Mandela had a war front that he was riding on the grass and he put him on the dirt. It was Omaha beach. So it worked out. I just thought maybe, you know, this Philly was going to run better, but, and she was, she was involved. She's just not as good as these end of story. What about the Bing Crosby? I know that's one of your favorite races and your favorite horses. You love (laughs) collusion illusion. I love collusion. illusion. What do you love about him? I just love that he's like the little horse that can like he's very diminutive, right? He's not like a big beefy type. He's and he just throws down. Um, I kind of like the fact, too, that he's relatively versatile. So you're not entirely sure where he's going to be. And at some points in the races, I feel like a lot of times it looks like "Ah, he's just not going to run today. Like he's just not going to fire. And then all of a sudden he's like, ho, ho, hold my beer and like goes. <laughs> I like that he uh, says, even ho, like, ho. <laughs> hold my beer. Even in like the Ving, uh, he was like coming. I was like, this horse is not going to get there. And then Flavian saw a hole and like dove to the inside. Brilliant and then Lexitonian's on the outside. I mean, that, that won them the race. But he was just so game. Like the minute Flavian saw the hole and like pointed him. He was like, "Ha oh, ha, boy, let's go!" Yeah, it I was just, pretty I cool. I think I'm a big fan of his. I'm a big fan too. I think he's a cool horse, and that was Mark Glatt's first Grade One win. No way. Yes, that's what they Shut said. The front door. I couldn't believe it Who either. Who said that? They said it on TVG. No way. Yes, I'm telling you. Wow. So congratulations right. to I'm to shocked. that team um, with uh, Collusion Illusion, and and he uh, punched his ticket to the Breeders' Cup Sprint. How about that? I'm excited. I'm excited for him. Uh, I think that's he's just a cool little horse, and I love the fact that they're keeping him sprinting, which is what he does best. Yeah, and, and great day for for Jack Sisterson too, and uh, Calumet Farms. Brad Kelly. They had Lexitonian run second in there. Jack had just won his first Grade One. Speaking of earlier on the day, over on the other coast, uh, his 
uh, Philly beat actually Midnight Bizu in We're the personal talk about that. Yep. in Vexatia. So that was a pretty pretty big day for them as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, it, I, I really I do I agree with you, Michelle. I, I really like this horse. The owners are Agnew Schneider or Ixto it, Zitko Zitko. I guess it's pronounced. Um, I wanted to make sure the breeder was Donald Disney of Collusion illusion mark last he's a florida bread right one. isn't he um he is a florida bread I think you so. are correct yeah. and he's by twirling candy who had some yes, he is. very nice moments at del mar in the past he was uh mm-hmm. bought at the april obs sale for three hundred thousand from uh the mayberries so congratulations nice. to all of them all good guys on the collusion illusions win in the grade one bing crosby and he will be seen uh i talked to glatt and he said he may not run in the pat o'brien he may skip it try to keep him fresh for the breeders cup so Okay. There's some insight that. there. No, I don't mind that either. I don't think that's the wrong move. Um, I mean, I don't want to keep him like, I don't want to not race him until the Breeders' Cup, but I don't no. mind him skipping the next race, you know? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, so where are we going next? Are we going... The... We're going to go back to the East Coast then. Okay, let's go to the East Coast because we had some okay. monster races there. Monster. So we'll we'll just stick with uh, the West Coast flavor, though, and say that Improbable won the Whitney. So he's strung together back-to-back grade ones now for... B when, squared, when, who won two stakes, I believe, in, in less than five minutes. Yeah, he's pretty good. When when Baffert finally figured it out, it's it's going to be trouble <laughs> for the rest of us. Um, <laughs> here's the thing, uh, Windstar. Uh, I think there's other owners of Improbable as well. Isn't this the whole Starlight thing? Don't they? I'm sure there's seven thousand of yeah, them. Yeah, there's too many owners, but we congratulate all of them. The, Michelle, this was a really uh, interesting race because um, Improbable reared up in the starting gate as he always does. And what ended up but the happening? But crew like knew it and got him like down and good. I felt right, like. but then race favorite uh, uh, Tom's Detente, who is coming off a, a sensational uh, twenty twenty campaign, he stumbled really badly at the start, cost him all position, and just never really got involved from there. And and that allowed Irad Ortiz to just actually absolutely sit a perfect trip, uh, stalking Mister Buff who mm-hmm. pretty much had no chance in there, with all due respect, of course. And once Improbable took over, they, they went so slow uh, up front that uh, there was no chance for even uh, By My Standards, who's proved to be a very, very solid handicap horse, to catch Improbable, who was super impressive. In, right, in yeah. Victory, um, in the Whitney. I don't even know if we said it was the Whitney. I still, in, in, we did. In my um, Breeders' Cup Classic Top 10 rankings, yes. I actually still kept Improbable behind Tom's data and by my standards, just because the trip was a little suspect, like you said, for everybody. So I still think Improbable is good. He splits my top 10 field. Um, but I need to see like one more from him to say that he's definitely better than, than Tom's data, who was definitely hindered by that situation. I agree. Okay, I agree, good. but give the little horse credit. I've never been a big Improbable fan and he's, he's making a fan out of me personally. Really? Yeah, all he does is go out and run, and he's really fast on sheets. He was just as fast as Tom's Detente going into that race. He was the only one. Okay. So I like it. All you third graph sheet um, players of, out there know. Speaking of fast, the Alan Jerkins, presented by Run Happy, went to Echo Town, who's the uh, brother of J-Boy's Echo, and that was a pretty nice grade one for him. It was really nice. In fact, um, uh, he came from off the pace. He looked kind of like he was beaten um down the lane and then down the lane he just took off uh and mm-hmm. he turned the tables on um no Tap parole who had beat him no yeah parole. no parole yeah. had no, beat him pretty handily no i don't think it was an excuse i think they just went okay. really fast up front and 
Listen, Michelle, we say this every time we're on the show. Pace makes the race. And they went right. they went fast, and it was pressured up front. Um, and so, uh, you know, Echo Town, again, he, he – he, 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 he may not have run his best race last time, but I think people, what they tend to do is you just look at the last race. You don't look at the mm-hmm. body of work a lot of times. And this horse has been coming right. into this race, you know, he, even in the last race. But everything changes with the way the race is run. So the owner mm-hmm. is L&N Racing LLC. Uh, trainer Steve Asmussen, jockey, was Ricardo Santana Jr. Um, and he's by Spitestown. So, um, good horse. That, and I feel like, too, I like this is, this is three-year-olds and yeah. we just see three-year-olds changing like every out too, you know, yeah, it's, really it's hard always, to be and a it's consistent gonna, three-year-old. And it's going to be interesting. And we didn't even mention collusion. Illusion is a three-year-old running against older. So, didn't uh, I? I don't I know did. if we did, but it's, uh, you know, okay. this is the time of year where it's starting to get serious, where the three-year-olds are stepping mm-hmm. up against older. And it's always good to see when the, when the divisions collide like that. There was one more big race. And I know you weren't happy about it. Two, kind of. Well, okay. Give me the three. one. Three. Three, three, four. Four. Four big races, Four actually, more big since races? we've talked. Yeah. Not this weekend, but we had some from last week we haven't talked oh, about. Oh, okay. So the, the personal incident where Midnight Bisu was defeated by Vexatious. Um, I like how you say her name. Vexatious? It's Vexatious. Is it Vexatious? Yeah. I like the I, 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 know. I know you do. All right. And that's whatever. why you're the best, because you say those things, and it's very cute. All right. So Midnight Bizu got beat. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Her ears were down. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she got beat on the square, so too. Nice. Uh, no excuse uh... there. I mean, Vexatious had run a really good race in her previous start. She was coming into this great. Uh, again, it's Calumet, Jack Sisterton. Congratulations. Great ride. Great ride in that race. Michelle, did you see it? Well, that's what I was just going to say is that, I mean, we have to remember that Midnight Bisu did not have her regular pilot aboard and that could have been the uh, difference. I don't know about that. I, you know, what? listen, Saratoga is the great, he did nothing wrong. Ricardo Santana Jr. I, did nothing wrong. I think Jose I, Lescano wrote a brilliant race. He floated her out. He, I, I just, you know, I was watching the race. I never at any point thought Midnight Bisu was going by that Philly. Did you? Okay. No. Okay. So what did Santana do wrong? I mean, I, no, I, don't, I don't know if it's, it's I not think she just got beat. ride wrong, but you just sometimes like horses go better for other people or like you're really familiar. Like if, if, uh, you know, Mario Andretti's got his Ferrari he's riding and okay. it's, I get in the Ferrari to drive it. Like it's going to go better for him because he's familiar with the Ferrari, right? I got it's you. the same Ferrari. Okay. I got you. I got you. Okay. Uh, also, some like it. Hot Brown won the Bernard Baruch. Uh, United won the Eddie Reed. Um, yeah, that was a good race. You know, I've never, you know me, I've never been a huge United fan, and he really impressed me. Right. And again, that's a pace race. Uh, they went so slow, and and Pratt put him into the race, and and he's coming out yes. of mile and three eighths races, cutting back to a mile and an eighth. I didn't think he was going to be able to handle some of these mile mile and an eighth type horses like a Bowie's Hero. Oh, but you had to love that that. Mandela just tighten the screws on him. You yeah. can see it in the works. You know, yep. I mean, when you have this horse, the mile and three eighths horse, and he's working forty six and change, you're like, okay, he's got him sharp. He knows. Yeah, yeah, I so, agree. I think Mandela did a great job, and Ellen J. Foxwoods yeah. uh, owns, and they were they were threatening to run him in the Pacific Classic, but I heard that uh, Tricky Dick has uh, backed off those uh, guarantees. So you probably will see him in the Del Mar Handicap. I would imagine, okay. which is a Breeders' Cup win, and you're in for the. Uh, uh, Breeders' Cup turf. That's where okay. I, I imagine you'll see United. I'm, um, I'm just then, assuming. Did we talk about the San Diego? I don't think so, I don't right? think we did. 
Yeah, that's not, okay. So we also had the San Clemente, which is won by Laura's Light, the Vanderbilt, which is won by Volatile, and very impressive. Yeah, these we were had, when you were on vacation. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. then we had the San Diego, Max, um, which was Max maximum security got the job done. And I think people didn't think that he was as impressive, um, but I think that he ran really well. I thought he ran really well too, and I talked to Bob about it, or what do you like to call him? B squared. B squared, yeah. Uh, I texted and he said, he said, Billy, he said, I, I didn't have him fully cranked for that race. Right. You know, he said, he, I, I just did just enough to get him there. Now, I think now that he's got that race under his belt, uh, he, you're going to see a different horse when he when he returns well, he in worked, the Pacific Classic. So he worked either today or yesterday in like 101 flat, but like he was he was like on his two back legs only, like right. like running like a human. He was going so easy. I mean, he had his right. ears up, flipping around. So, yeah. you know, from a, for a horse that usually trains really slow on paper to then, like, Bob starting to tighten the screws, getting this race into him and seeing, he, seeing him bounce out of it the way he has um, and being so full of, you know, Vinegar, yeah. I think it's great. Vim and vigor. I was gonna say, I was gonna say uh, piss and vinegar, but I decided. To well, try you can and say that. that. And to everybody, you know, <laughs> hey, and Midcourt, by the way, um, had run very fast races recently. I mean, he mm-hmm. threw one, he threw a clunker in the Santa Anita handicap, but other than that, too I mean, far. That, that horse is not. That horse is that horse is a d- damn good horse. And yeah, mile, um, mile and sixteenth, he should he should be in the dirt mile. He's very tough. Well, I, anyway, congratulations to all the connections with all of these. Amazing stakes wins, and what we're going to do now is we're going to take a break. We're going to get people caught up. We're going to take a deep breath because we got Steve Mason coming up, and Michelle and cool. I. Michelle and I are used to doing interviews with owners who really never get interviewed. This guy it does interviews, so uh, we are so going the to pressure's be. On. We are going to be as prepared as possible. We are going to have fun as we like we always do. We're going to speak proper English, even though I just said gonna, and uh, we'll be right back with uh, Steve Mason. So stick around. Midnight Storm, Striking Sire Line, Grade 1 winner by Pioneer of the Nile, just like champion freshman sire American Pharaoh. Striking Speed, 110 by 133 and 1. Seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Defeated 10 grade 1 winners, including champion Accelerate. Midnight Storm, a tailor-made stallion. Look for his first yearlings this year. Welcome back to the Horse Ownership Experience. Uh, we have a very, very special guest, as we just spoke about. Steve Mason is joining us, a, an L.A. sports icon from the Mason Ireland show in L.A. Steve, we cannot tell you how much we appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you pumping me up by calling me an icon, too. Well, no, you are an icon. I, I'm not lying. Listen, Michelle and I normally interview, you know, owner, horse owners, trainers, jockeys. Like, this is, for us, this is special. Oh uh, well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad I could, <laughs> glad I could be here for it. Absolutely. Um, all right. First, we do have to talk a little sports. Uh, I, I've been watching these yeah. games. Uh, you know, obviously, I know you're probably excited that the Lakers and Dodgers are back. I've been watching these games. I find it so strange. I think weird might be a good word too. It's like I almost feel like they're scrimmages. How how are you feeling about it? How are your listeners feeling about it so far? Uh, you know, I think most people are buying it. Uh, most people just wanted sports back and it looks weird. There's no question about it. It, it's, it's a strange look and there are no crowd, uh, noises, uh, traditionally. Um, it's a strange feeling, but I think the games are working and I think they've done enough 
in terms of production, in terms of audio, in terms of, for example, at the NBA, that big digital video board with the fans on it. Like all that stuff kind of works for me. And after watching for a few minutes, you sort of forget it. Now, baseball is different because baseball is having, you know, it's happening in a gigantic cavern for all intents and purposes. And it's weird to watch an Aaron Judge home run land in right field and and (laughs) and think it feels normal it's just it's just an odd feeling with no fans at a baseball game how good are the dodgers right now though they are good they are rolling man i love kershaw threw well yesterday mookie has has played really well hasn't even caught fire yet uh cody bellinger batting 161 he's ultimately going to hit like the mvp i mean i think this this team is they lead baseball in run differential they've scored 30 more than they've allowed. Oh, yeah. uh, the bullpen is really solid. The rotate. I mean, they're, they're, they're loaded. I mean, they're it loaded. should be Yankees and Dodgers. It yeah, should I, be Yankees and Dodgers. I hear your excitement, and I think all of LA excited about the, is excited about the Dodgers right now. Let's, all right, we brought you on wait, to wait, talk. Wait, 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 oh, Steve, go. What's your, wait, Steve, Steve, what's your favorite sport to cover? Is it baseball? It is, it is baseball. I mean, I grew up, when I was a kid, I worked in the minor leagues. I was the traveling secretary with the Toledo Mudhens at uh, AAA International League. So I used to travel around and do 141 games a year and, uh, and did it for four or five years. So baseball is sort of the rhythm of my, of my life, and my whole spring was thrown off by not having games, obviously. What did you we, watch? We need to turn you into a horse racing fan. Yeah, why didn't you come to horse racing? Uh, you know, it's a fair question. Could I have come to horse racing? I thought the track wasn't the track closed. We were we were closed uh, for a we little bit. We were only bit. closed for three weeks, but we still once we got rolling, we had racing in several places, coast to coast. So we we needed to educate you earlier. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, me and uh, Ireland used to own horses. Did you really oh. race horses? Yeah. Oh, give us the scoop yeah, on that because I, I, we, we got this is this is the horse ownership experience. We talk about horse ownership, so give us your whole ownership uh, uh, experience. Story, yeah. Okay, so do you know a guy named Jonathan Hardoon? Of course. Yes. Okay, so John Hardoon got me and Ireland hooked up on a filly named that we named on the air. Uh, <laughs> listeners called in and That's voted for awesome. a name. Uh, and she was named Phone Abroad. She was out of Phone Trick. Uh, her name was Phone Abroad. And she uh, won her first race and looked spectacular at Hollywood Park. She won her second race um, at Santa Anita and again looked fantastic. And we were thinking, uh-oh, here we go. We've got a filly. She's gonna, we're going to the Breeders' Cup. Um, and then she uh, cracked a bone in her, uh, in her leg. Oh. Uh, and we had to retire her, unfortunately. Um, then we claimed a horse called Golden Lantern, um, who went on to win a race for us before he got claimed. And then that was the end of our horse ownership experience. But we, we both got to say we did it. And weirdly, we finished 3-0 and lifetime. So we, were, we never lost with one of our horses. That's incredible. Nice. Who was your trainer at the time? Do you remember? Eddie Gregson. Oh. The, wow. late, the late Eddie the Gregson. The late Eddie Gregson. Amazing. No, well, that's it's interesting that you say that. So you did. You were three and zero. You obviously had some fun. You brought. I'm assuming you you went to the races. You brought some people. How did it? It didn't stick with you because you guys never did it again. What what stopped you from? Hey, you know what? This is kind of fun. Let me put a group together. Let me put some guy. Let me buy another horse. What what happened there? You know, I felt like uh, we did not 
despite the fact that we were three and zero, we didn't. I don't think we came away with any money. Yes, there was no there was no winnings at at the end of the whole thing. So it was for the joy of doing it, not necessarily for the money. And I, I guess there are people that get rich uh, with horse racing. We weren't we weren't two of those, uh, and we decided to move on. I we used to get bills like from the horse psychiatrist and the horse dentist <laughs> and the horse chiropractor. And, I mean, we we were like, I, is this stuff even for real? Uh, so yeah, we weren't we weren't expert enough to be able to do it on an ongoing basis. Do you feel like now, maybe with some further education, you would want to get back into some micro ownership? Yeah, you know, I I definitely would. Um, there was, I'll tell you, of the of the great, I've had lots of great experiences and moments in my life. Uh, you know, thank thanks thanks God. Um, but standing in the winning circle at Hollywood Park after that first win was such an unbelievable high. Um, I mean, I was just blown away by standing down there and, uh, and with that horse and it, it was an amazing experience. So yeah, I, I definitely be open to doing it again. Did you guys, yeah. Did you guys create your own silks? Did you have like special, uh, Mason Ireland silks? We did not. Oh. We did not. We should have. We did not. Yes. Well, we're gonna. We should have. We'll make some of those for you. We'll get that done. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Excellent. We're gonna start working. So, on Steve, that. I gotta. I gotta ask. What you know, as we're talking about uh, COVID and, and the sports situation, and now you, knowing that you've been minutely involved in horse racing, what doesn't racing give that other sports do that fans want? Like, why don't we have more people that are jumping on the racing bandwagon? It's a fair question. Um, you know, I think, and you guys will know way more about this than, than I do, but most people have at least vague headlines of what's happened at Santa Anita the last couple of years. Sure. Um, and, and in my estimation, that's, that's really hurt the broader appeal of the sport. And again, I don't, this is sort of headlines flashing by me, so I don't know the details. But in my head, I'm like, uh-oh, something bad is going on out there. Now, I thought it was a great experience to be able to watch the Belmont. Um, the Belmont is the sort of – they were so smart. Horse racing was so smart to schedule the Belmont where they did because the rating was through the roof. Huge. Uh -huh. I think once people see, see the sport um, and experience the sport – it will stick. And I'll tell you, you know what I love more than anything? I play fantasy football. I play fantasy basketball. I have an offshore sports book uh, <laughs> thing where I make bets. I mean, horse racing is like the sport that was made for wagering. Yes. Uh, that should be the, I mean, in my estimation, that's, that's what makes the sport fun for the broader public is that chance to win. Uh, right. So, yeah, I, I think that's the, that should be the emphasis. I think that, there, there really is no mainstream media coverage. I mean, it was during COVID because we were the only game in town, but no one knows about it. No one, you're not having uh, Baffert on your show, even though he's the biggest name. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do we, how do we market? How do we, yeah, exactly. How do we market? How do we, how do we get out there and market our game as, even if it is as a bet, as a, as a fun way to bet, or what we do as ownership and syndicates and stuff like that? How do we go about it? Uh, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, there was a time when, uh, we used to have Baffert on the show. Um, we, we had Baffert on the show. We had jockeys on the show. We, we promoted it, uh, pretty relentlessly. And one of the, 
reasons was we had an ownership position uh, in a couple of horses. Um, and it was fun to fun to go back and watch those races. It was fun to play the calls on the radio. Um, all that stuff was was really, really cool. So I think maybe that's one secret. Like I, I, I would probably jump back into a minority, a micro position in a horse just to have some action. Uh, sure. But that's one thing is to get people more involved in the aspect that you guys are talking about on this show. And I think it's imperative, and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, and you, you talked about what happened at Santa Anita. I think it's imperative for our sport to continue discussing safety and the, the way we take care of these animals because I think that message wasn't loud enough. Would you agree with that? I, I do agree with that. And there was yeah. a point at which I said, I think, on the show when we talked, by the way, here's, here's what's bad. That's the one story, the one horse racing story that we talked about um, in this last uh, year was the, uh, was the Santa Anita uh, problems um, sure. until the Belmont rolled around. So, yeah, I think addressing those concerns is a huge, huge element um, because I, I think some people look at it and they feel guilty about uh, horses being put in a position where they do this on a regular basis. Um, so I, I think that's one of the things is sort of easing people's fears and easing whatever sense of guilt they may have about, uh, about horses uh, running on a regular basis. Right. Even though they're, this is what they're bred to do. This is the sport. This is, I mean, then they, you know, for that's us horse message. lovers, we love that, it, you know. That's the, that's the message that needs to be pounded home is that Good. these horses are bred for this. This is what they like. This is what, what makes them happy. I mean, those sorts of, those sorts of messages, I think are important messages to be sending out right now. Steve, you obviously have a new podcast. I know you wanted to talk about it. Was this the, was this what my dad was on? What, what were you talking to my dad about? Yeah, this was this was the podcast that your dad was on. It's called the Culture Pop Podcast. Your dad Hawk was fantastic. Um, we talked about his new book or his book called Magic Time. Yes, uh, your dad happened to be an AD on my all time favorite movie, uh, Chinatown. Chinatown, uh, so of we course. Got to talk, go go down that road a little bit and talk to him about his career. Your dad is a legend. He's no sports icon. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a legend. He's a Hollywood icon. <laughs> he's a legend, icon. though. He's um, a Hollywood icon. And so this is, so, this is a place where I, I get to talk about uh, stuff other than sports. So um, there, there's stuff on there. I talked to Deepak Chopra. Uh, I talked to uh, actor Bill Pullman, the actor. I mean, lots and lots of really cool, interesting people. Uh, Will Ferrell's writing partner, Andrew Steele, was on uh, two weeks ago. Uh, oh, great. The great stand-up comic Judy Gold was on the show. There's one on there right now where John Ireland interviews me about everything, including all my my personal life is is all laid out there. There's one where I do the same with him, uh, oh, where cool. I interview him. But but really cool stuff on there. It's at stevemason.com, and uh, you can choose any link, subscribe on iTunes or on Spotify. It's really good stuff. I'm really proud of it. No, it sounds great. What did you? We were talking about uh, uh, the obviously the with the uh, the pandemic right now, and with no sports. What were you watching as a as a culture guy? What 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 show were you? Uh, what did you Ozark? What'd you do? Uh, well, I did Tiger King, like everybody else. Yes, of I course. think I'm the only person that hasn't seen that. Oh, no. oh come on! It's they, so funny. Don't come they on. feed a horse to a tiger? I can't. Watch no, it. no, no, no. They don't. They don't. No, stop. There's no, there's no horse tiger feeding. <laughs> now, a woman did feed her husband. Husband. I'm okay with that. That's fine. Yeah. 
Oh, all oh, you cats and kittens. Um, oh, what? Uh, give give us a couple all you more cats for and kittens, exactly. yes, yes. And uh, I watched The Last Dance, of course, which I think everybody uh, watched. That was great. Um, and I'm I'm in the middle of rewatching The Sopranos. Um, which oh, is, really? Cool. I'm in season five, um, and uh, you know you go back and find some old stuff. Uh, what What we do in the shadows is a fantastic uh, comedy that's on FX right now. I mean, there's been really good stuff during the pandemic, right. good programming. What I'm afraid of is we're ultimately going to run out of it. Since they're not making <laughs> exactly. anything new, we're going to we're going to reach a point where there is nothing. There's nothing left. There's no, we've seen everything. We, uh, Michelle was making fun of me last week because I watched uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I love Did you watch that? that? It's it's fantastic. Marvelous I thought it was phenomenal. Mrs. Maisel is a fantastic show. I thought it was so good. It's like eye candy. It's it's unbelievable to watch. So good. So yeah, good. listen. Yeah, it's great. Steve, it's great. Thank you very, very much for taking the time to come on today. We wish you the best of luck with your pod. Michelle, did you have one more thing you I wanted do, to, I do. to ask? So normally we ask um, our guests to give us kind of one piece of advice as far as owning a horse and to, you know, educate people that are maybe new into the game. But for your case, I actually just wanted to ask you, what do you think a great tip would be for people like myself and Billy that have a, a podcast or something similar to try and be successful and, and get more reach and, and listeners and, and really continue to be a real impact in this market? Um, well, I would say kind of like what I'm doing right now. I mean, I go on other people's podcasts to talk about your podcast. That's like the single best thing that you can, you can do to broaden your appeal and to get more listeners is to go out on podcasts, just like I'm doing right here, talk about yours and talk about whatever else is going on. I think people are fascinated by the idea of owning a horse, owning a racehorse. I mean, that's a really good subject. Appear on other people's podcasts and promote yours. It's a great idea. It's a great, is the hair still white, Steve? Did you, or blonde? Silver. It is silver. Silver. It's the silver. I remember when you did it, it was so controversial. I like it personally. Yeah. Yeah, for a while there, it did get blonde while I was trying to get the color out of it. But now it's just it's straight up silver. I got it totally straight working up. for me. Billy, that's All right. heading, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I'm headed. No, I'm yeah, I'm salt and pepper right now. All I the think way we need to name through. a horse that straight up silver. Straight up silver. I like straight that. Straight up silver. I like that. Steve Mason, thank you very much. Great. Best of luck with the pod. We'll definitely pitch it and we'll, we'll get it out there. And uh, we really appreciate taking the time to come on today. All right, cool. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you so much. Thanks, Steve. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Midnight Storm. Striking Sire Line. Grade 1 winner by Pioneer of the Nile. Just like champion freshman sire American Pharaoh. Striking Speed. 110 by 133 and 1. Seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Defeated 10 grade 1 winners, including champion Accelerate. Midnight Storm. A tailor-made stallion. Look for his first yearlings this year. Welcome back, Horse Ownership Experience. Michelle, what about that Steve Mason? That was like, that kind of like slingshotted to the top of my favorite guests, I feel like. That was awesome. It was very the cool. Fact that he was a horse owner. Did you know he was I a horse I didn't owner? even know. He didn't tell me. I had no idea. I've been talking to him for like a week. He never even mentioned it. <laughs> I was, I, when he was talking about his horses, I had to look up. So phone abroad. I couldn't decide if it was like phone abroad or like phone abroad like call overseas yeah but it's phone abroad like call overseas yes so i had to like look her up she was by phone trick out of a coastal mare i was like looking up all his horses i'm like this is crazy that's wild no he's you know 
I, I think it's really cool, and I think it's a great thing that he said. And, I, you know, listen, you and I both do go on other people's shows. I mean, I've been on Jason Beam several times, and I know you're, you're all over the place. I mean, you do everything with Delmar and with Santa Anita. So, but I think he, it is good advice to go on other – maybe even people who aren't in the horse racing um, circles to go well, on and, you know, and promote your show. Is, one of the differences is, Billy, is when you and I go on other shows, we're usually going on for a different reason. So we're not necessarily promoting the pod, right? Correct. Like you're going on for a little red feather. I'm going right. on for work. So it's not like I'm like, hey, by the way, check out my podcast. Yeah, and I don't so think I, anybody. Maybe just need to like be a little more conscientious of that. Listen, we're, we've been on the air for five years. We're still here and people still listen. So thanks to all the listeners out there who take the time to uh, listen to the show. We get great comments and we really appreciate it. And thank you again to Steve, uh, Steve Mason. What's uh, Michelle, what? We have some big races coming up this weekend, don't we? Yeah, we have a huge weekend coming up this weekend the at Travers. Del Mar. Well, what about the Travers um, first, right? Uh, sure. Okay. Uh, the right. Travers. You're not excited about the they Travers? Don't, they don't sponsor us. Okay. You're right. Let's talk about freaking Del Mar. <laughs> um, so the Sorrento Stakes is going to be on Friday. Saturday will be the grade two yellow ribbon as well as the best pal. So it's going to be our first chance to get to see two-year-old winners. Um, and this is the prep for the Del Mar Futurity at the end of the meet. And then on Sunday is also the La Jolla Handicap. We're going to have Beach Boss every day. Uh, so make sure you're logging on to DMTC to play against Ray Pollock. You get a $100 free mythical win place wager um, in a chosen race of no, the day. No, wait, wait a second. I got to stop okay. you there because I saw he beat my girl. Yeah, he bet all of his money to win on Collusion Illusion. Right. Um, and then Christina split her money, Collusion Illusion and Lexitonian. Oh. And Ray ended up making more, but really Christina's play was smart. Right, she she was smart. So, Although, what if she just yeah. bet an exacta? You can't. It's win place or show only. Oh, I see. Okay. So, all right. Um, well, I was a little disappointed, that, in Christina. We talked about it in the morning. She was like, "Do you like Lexitonian?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm like Christina. I think anybody can win that race." <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't help like, you. We were like, like, I was making cases for like every horse yeah, in that race. I can't I'm help like, you. And this one. Yeah. So we, we definitely talked a lot about it, um, but Ray did get on the board. So at least they were both off the duck, though, because so far Ray had not cashed a ticket on the show oh, and that's neither had a guess. That's, that's terrible. <laughs> Just shows you well, how much we anymore. know. So now everyone's on the board. Um, and we do have the Travers. We should talk about the Travers, which will be the return of uh, Tis the Law, who is the likely he's – he's not the likely favorite. He will be the favorite. Yes, he will um, be the favorite. Uh, Max Player – uh, uh, Dr. Post running? No. Is he running? No. Who's running? Uh, Mystic Guide. Who? Here it says, the field for Sunday's Travers is a Caracaro Country Grammar, who won impressively at Saratoga. First line, Max Player, Chivalry, uh, South Bend, Tis the Law, and Uncle Chuck. Uncle Chuck is the horse from out here that Uncle we Chuck were, is... we're going to be watching. Yeah, we will be watching. His, this, he has this weird trainer that I've never heard of, though. Buffert? Correct. The, Buffert. The, the thing with him is that he shows a lot of promise. He definitely wants to have the two turns. You know, he showed that last time out with his win, but he was super green when he won at La Salle. He won the La Salle Derby. Um, Baffert had entered him in the shared belief here and opted instead to take him to the Travers. Uh, we've seen him run lightly run horses over there before, like Arrogate, and that was a very successful sojourn. Oh, so I'm, I'm interested to see how Uncle Chuck um, ships over and handles that. He just, we have no lack of talent. He just has to put things together. You know, he's a little behind the curve as far as that goes. Yeah, I just like the fact that you used the word sojourn. 
So, I mean, every once in a while. Your vocabulary is just astounding today. I love it. Who are Thank you? you? Who are you? <laughs> what happens when you study? Yeah. I mean, I really like it. And you're back in the trailer, so you're back. I'm a good person. I need to study. You need to study. No, you are a good person. Don't even worry about that. Anyway, Michelle, um, great show. Thank you. Uh, thanks to all of our listeners. You can uh, check in with us at Own a Horse, at BKLRF, at the Michelle U. Uh, if you have any questions about horse racing, email me, Billy at LittleRedFeather.com. We have a big weekend this coming up. This We have nine runners this weekend, Michelle. Shut up. Yeah, nine. Seriously? And we have some luck. They've only drawn the first two days, right? Yeah, <laughs> but we have four on Sunday. That are, wow. And I think the race is hopefully, knock on wood, will go. So, um, But we have some locks. Giving them out. Yeah. There's a couple oh, well. locks. If you need to know, right tweet now. us. I need to we got locks. Um, special Are thanks. Just out one lock a day, so we can start I'll give playing you, in the beach. <laughs> well, I, here's the thing. Give you, me the number one lock of the weekend, Billy. Well, the number one lock of the weekend. Yeah. Ronimo. Rondomo? No, Ronimo, the one that that uh, oh. ran on opening day that 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 Pratt moved a little too early and he got nailed right okay. at the line. That's the lock of the weekend. Okay. But you ain't gonna get much of a price on him. <laughs> that's all right you can't you can't predict the price you can only tell me if the horse is going to win beggars can't be choosers um exactly uh special thanks to our sponsors TaylorMade stallions delmar san anita we really appreciate all you do and once again one more time uh that steve mason joined our show today from the mason and ireland show he gave out his website so fast stevemason.com steve mason oh here it is yeah stevemason.com and he spells mason m-a-s-o-n stevemason.com check out his podcast which I'm sure is entertaining. Check the one out with my dad. I mean, it should be good. Uh, How talking. Come to... I haven't met your dad? I, you know, Michelle, I, I, I try to keep you away from my family. I mean, I meet your mom. I love your sister. I hang out with your wife. I'm, <laughs> How come I haven't met your dad? <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't hang I out. I don't think I've met your sons either. Oh, yeah. You'll meet them. Don't worry. We'll get you in there. Okay. Um, everyone, have a great, great week. Enjoy uh, the Travers and enjoy all the stakes at Del Mar. Thank you very much for listening. We will talk to you next week. We'll try to get some. I don't know how we're going to get someone better than Steve Mason, though. I know, right? We're just going to retire, actually. This is our last show. Might as well. <laughs> Might as well. See you guys later. Bye. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Daddy Longlegs, Scat Daddy's only proven son at stud in North America. Crowned champion freshman sire in Chile, Daddy Longlegs has already sired three graded stakes winners from his first two crops of runners, including a champion two-year-old Colt. A talented runner himself who won multiple graded stakes on multiple surfaces, he's passing that versatility onto his progeny with stakes winners on dirt and turf. Daddy Longlegs, a tailor-made stallion. Call today to book.
was amazing. That was like, that kind of like slingshotted to the top of my favorite guests. I feel like that was awesome. The fact that he was a horse owner. Did you know he was a horse owner? I was I when he was talking about his horses, I had to look up so phone abroad. I couldn't decide if it was like phone a broad or like phone abroad like call overseas. But it's phone abroad like call overseas. So I had to like look her up. She was by phone trick out of a coastal mare. I was like looking up all his horses. I'm like, this is crazy. You know, one of the differences, one of the differences is Billy is when you and I go on other shows, we're usually going on for a different reason. So we're not necessarily promoting the pod, right? Like you're going on for a little red feather. I'm going on for work. So it's not like I'm like, Hey, by the way, check out my podcast. So I maybe just need to like be a little more conscientious of that. Yeah, we have a huge weekend coming up this weekend at Del Mar. Um, uh, sure, okay. The Travers, they don't, they don't sponsor us. <laughs> um, so the Sorrento Stakes is going to be on Friday. Saturday will be the Grade Two Yellow Ribbon as well as the Best Pal. So it's going to be our first chance to get to see two-year-old winners. Um, and this is the prep for the Del Mar Futurity at the end of the meet. And then on Sunday is also the La Jolla Handicap. We're going to have Beach Boss every day. Uh, so make sure you're logging on to DMTC to play against Ray Pollock. You get a $100 free mythical win place wager um, in a chosen race of the day. And the... Okay. Yeah, he bet all of his money to win on Collusion Illusion. Um, and then Christina split her money, Collusion Illusion and Lexitonian. And Ray ended up making more, but really Christina's play was smart. So, yeah, you can't, it's win, place, or show only. So, um, yeah, that was. <laughs> right? That's it. We were like, make, I was making cases for like every horse in that race. I'm like, and this one. So we, we definitely talked a lot about it, um, but Ray did get on the board. So at least they were both off the duck, though, because so far Ray had not cashed a ticket on the show and neither had against. <laughs> well, not anymore. So now everyone's on the board. Yes, he will be the favorite. Uh, who? Uncle Chuck is the horse from out here that we were we're going to be watching. All right, the the. The thing with him is that he 
shows a lot of promise. He definitely wants to have the two turns. You know, he showed that last time out with his win, but he was super green when he won at LaSalle. He won the LaSalle Derby. Um, Baffert had entered him in the shared belief here and opted instead to take him to the Travers. Uh, we've seen him run lightly run horses over there before, like Arrogate, and that was a very successful sojourn. So I'm, I'm interested to see how Uncle Chuck um, ships over and handles that. He just, we have no lack of talent. He just has to put things together. You know, he's a little behind the curve as far as that goes. So every once in a while, I can pull something good. Thank you. <laughs> what happens when you study? You told Billy was like, I'm having a good person. I need to study. You need to study. Shut up. Seriously? And they've only drawn the first two days, right? Have they? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, well, a lock right now. I need to talk. Are you going to tweet us out one lock a day so we can start playing in the beach box? Give me the number one lock of the weekend, Billy. Yeah. Rondemo? Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. You can't you can't predict the price. You can only tell me if the horse is going to win. Exactly. SteveMason.com. Why come I've never met your dad? I mean, I meet your mom. I love your sister. I hang out with your wife. I'm. How come I haven't met your dad? I don't think I've met your sons either. Okay. I know, right? We're just going to retire, actually. This is our last show. 